Pablo Escobar, former leader of the Medellin cartel down in Colombia, generated over $30 billion in only two decades, ran his crime organization like a Fortune 500 company. So regardless of it being unethical, illegal, him murdering innocent people, there are some major lessons to be learned from his business. So today I've got nine business lessons from organized crime. Organized crime bosses like John Gotti, the leader of the Gambino crime family in New York City, have more things in common with the likes of Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Walt Disney, Steve Jobs, and more CEO billionaires. There's a lot more of a connection between Pablo and Elon Musk than you might think. And you may watch shows or movies like Narcos, El Chapo, Wolf of Wall Street, and pick up on real gold nuggets of valuable business advice. Now, there is a lot of nonsense, like don't shoot your competitor, and I don't think you need to wank it three times a day if you're working in stocks, but hey, there are other things outside of that that you can pick up on. But listen, personally, I have criminal friends who drive supercars. I have criminal friends in jail. So, I mean, just because you, uh, you know, try to be Pablo Escobar, you could be driving the supercar or you could be in jail or a complete loser. So don't, I'm not glorifying anything that any of these criminals have done. I'm just simply comparing what lessons you can learn from them. I mean, I even have business friends who are not well-intended, do not care about the customer, only want the profit. I have business friends who are very rich, very successful, and some that are still considered losers, you know what I mean? I I love them, but damn. So in either world, there is both sides. So criminals and entrepreneurs are more alike than you think. So if your podcast doesn't work out, try heading down to the jungles of Colombia, picking up a kilo of cocaine for $2,200, bringing it into the States, selling it on the streets for an average of $25,000 a kilo, so turning $2,200 to $25,000 a kilo, and upwards of $100,000 if you break it up by the gram. Try that if it doesn't work out. <laughs> anyway, if you guys kind of think this topic is a little bit interesting, you like the narco content, maybe you want to learn about the history of El Chapo, history of Pablo Escobar, the history of cocaine and heroin and all that kind of narco content, check out my other channel. I will link it in the description. It is the legal channel with me and my dad, and we work really hard to come out with like the coolest, best, most informative and entertaining narco content similar to this, but I've kind of put a twist on it and... Uh, and Yeah, turned it into a finance video. (laughs) But anyway, lesson number one that you can learn from organized crime is diversification. Diversification in business is a way to protect yourself and, you know, make more money. You know, the average millionaire has seven streams of income, but the average household has one, maybe two, if it's a husband and wife, right? So diversification is really important for building up wealth. You know, you have a dripping faucet here, but if you add six more, eventually that'll fill up the bucket much faster and protect you if one of those faucets stops dripping at all. Criminals diversify just like leading entrepreneurs. Walt and his brother Roy Disney started out with a small-time cartoon studio and obviously grew into a major corporation that it is today, known as Disney, but they started as cartoons. They diversified into movies. They diversified into theme parks, restaurants, merchandise, and much more. As you guys know, Walt Disney does everything. They even bought out Star Wars, right? So, Disney is very diversified. If, you know, their theme park shuts down, cool. They've still got their movies. Apple started out as just an iPhone, then they went to iPods, iPads, uh, MacBooks, Apple Watches, headphones, even pencils, or I think they call them stylus. but they are extremely diversified. Criminals diversify in the same way. They may learn how to smuggle drugs from 
Sinaloa and Mexico, bring them up into the United States. They might have their routes, they might have their tunnels, their planes, their submarines, their mules, and then they can transfer those skills into diversifying from the drug game to the sale of arms. So they can smuggle illegal guns wherever they need to, diversifying their business. So if their cocaine plants get burnt down by rival cartels, then they still have the sale of arms. And back to the example of smuggling it into somewhere. Pablo Escobar used a variety of means. He used submarines to get his coke in the United States or worldwide. He used airplanes, airdrops, and remote parts of deserts. He used local fishermen on their fishing routes to drop things into the ocean. They go out on their normal route. No one suspects anything. They come back. They make the drop off in many other ways. So if he had someone, you know, he got his plane fleet shut down, his submarine seized from the DEA, he still got other means to smuggle. And there's even mules, you know, you instead of moving a ton of coke with one person and one truck across the border or whatever, there's a bunch of little people taking flights or crossing the border themselves in cars, a bunch of mules. So if someone gets caught with a little bit of coke on them that they're smuggling, it's a little bit of coke caught, not the whole operation like if someone caught a you know boatload. For example, I have three YouTube channels. If one gets shut down, I've got two more. If I've got a slow month on AdSense, I've got two more. If none of those work, if YouTube totally fails, I have a clothing brand. I also work with clients. I have a furniture business. I am extremely diversified. So it's just peace of mind knowing if YouTube blew up tomorrow, I would be just fine. The second lesson you can learn from organized crime is self-reliance. As many people know, an extraordinarily successful entrepreneur is extraordinarily self-reliant. You need to be able to operate on your own and solve problems when they arise. To be a major crime boss like Joaquin Guzman, better known as El Chapo, the former leader of the Sinaloa cartel and former most powerful man in the world currently held in Colorado's supermax along with other terrorists. Big deal. But do you think anybody's coming to get him out of bed? Do you think anybody's telling him what to do? you think he's going to listen to anybody? It was extremely self-reliant. He did what he had to do. He, uh, he, you know, he got himself out of bed in the morning. He got himself to run the business and do the things that he has to do. Extraordinarily self-reliant. Lesson number three is only partner with people that you trust. Obviously, you cannot have snitches in your organization, for lack of a better term, legal or illegal. Whether someone might be sending out information on your safe house whereabouts, grow sites, you know, warehouse compounds, the time and place of different cartel members, or even snitching where you are, the local police or DEA, you can't have them doing that, obviously, that's obvious, but at the same time, in the business world, you can't have people telling your competition all the details either. You don't want people giving out your suppliers, your marketing strategies, your upcoming products. You don't want to lose your leg up on the competition. You're one step ahead on the competition because you've got someone on the inside feeding information to the competitor, or even worse, taking it for themselves. Most people don't consider you know, business partners or even hiring an employee's is important and you know they have to be as loyal as joining a major crime ring right you, you know obviously in crime it's like you don't we don't want to be found you know we don't want you to send to the police or the rival gangs but um in business it's the same thing people just don't take it as seriously because it's not technically life or death even though it could be for your business lesson number four is the power of branding if you were in the world of organized crime back in the day and you heard the word al capone you would be fear. Your fear would be stricken down to your core. He was a major crime boss, a ruthless one. Fun fact, my family actually stayed in the hotel room that he commonly stayed in in Excelsior Springs about uh, like 30 minutes or an hour north of Kansas City. And they, they saw his, they couldn't go in it. There was someone in there, but they saw his room and it had windows on the three of the four walls. So that way he could kind of look out and see the police or rival 
you know, criminals coming up and uh, he can act fast and be prepared. That's kind of a fun fact. Point is you want to have the same level of branding for you personally and your company, although you don't want your customers to fear you. But whenever people say your name, they need to be associated with a positive, powerful thought. For example, when you hear Walmart, you know it's going to be the best prices. When you hear Mercedes, you know it's going to be a luxury car. I mean, look at Supreme, for example. They printed on a cheap white t-shirt, put an ugly box logo that said Supreme in white font and a red background and they sold those t-shirts for a hundred dollars some of the blanks were even printed on hanes they would sell hanes t-shirts with crappy logo on it for 40 to a hundred dollars in the stores that is the power of branding they even sold a brick and people bought it that is the power of branding lesson number five is unorthodox strategies and creativity el chapo joaquin guzman former leader of the sinaloa cartel had figured out a very uh, clever way to smuggle drugs that pablo escobar and the medellin cartel have not discovered yet. El Chapo got an extreme advantage on all of his competitors by using an unorthodox strategy and creativity to solving a unique problem. He dug tunnels. He dug a whole network of underground tunnels to smuggle drugs across the border. More impressively, he broke out of prison twice. His problem, he was in prison. He took advantage, got creative, and used an unorthodox strategy. So in his cell, not the Colorado one, but wherever he was at this time, he, there was a blind spot. So there was a shower in his cell. There was a blind spot where the cameras couldn't see him. That was in the shower, so he had a little bit of privacy. Well, he dug the floor out of it, dug 30 feet down into the ground over time, while other members of the Sinaloa cartel dug a massive tunnel 30 feet under the ground, and in that tunnel was a dirt bike on rails, equipped with lights so he could see, full-blown air conditioning so he was comfortable. It was a railroad system built under the prison, and uh, that was his creative way of breaking out of jail. So he got extremely creative, and you need to do the same. Elon Musk got creative. He found a gap in the market with electric vehicles. Tesla almost even went bankrupt, and El Chapo almost remained incarcerated. But they both got creative and figured it out. Elon Musk ended up coming with a industry leader monster powerhouse of an electric car no one else still touches it but yet it's so valuable it's so important that all of the other brands are starting to switch to electric vehicles i mean one of the teslas didn't even have a gauge cluster that had never been done before it was a mix of luxuriousness great price insane tech industry leading tech in a very unique creative package and um they don't even advertise. I've never seen a Tesla commercial, I don't think. I mean, you just see them. I, I think I've even heard that Tesla spends no money on advertising. They let the product speak for themselves, and that goes back to branding. They are a superior product in the term of electric vehicles. Lesson number six is putting together your crew. I mean, you can't be a one-man army. I mean, you need a tech guy to tap phone connections and detect bugs. You need a guy to keep tabs on law enforcement and rival cartels so you never get caught with your hands behind your back. Same with business. You need a tech guy to develop your app, your product, or your website. You need a marketing guy to get it out to the world. You need a face of it all. Organized crime and Fortune 500 businesses both have, you know, don't be Batman, be the Justice League. I hope that makes sense. I'm not really into superheroes, but I've heard that before. I mean, you you have to surround yourself with other superheroes to really kick it to the next level and make things work. Lesson number seven is keeping your word. You need people to trust you. I mean, if people didn't trust you, you didn't make a payment on time, you didn't deliver the product, you were killed. Now, you're not going to die in business if you come up late, but at the same time, if you offer special promotion or special rewards, 
hold that bargain up. Hold your end of the bargain up because otherwise customers won't come back. They'll have a bad taste in their mouth from working with you and uh, they're going to tell their friends that your company sucks and to go with someone else. That is a quick way to shoot yourself in the foot in business. You need to keep your word. If you don't, you're going to lose customers. You're going to lose clients. You're going to lose employees. You need to pay them fair, pay them on time. And, uh, you know, if you say you're going to give them a bonus, give them a bonus. You don't want everything, you know, customers, employees, partners moving ways because you don't keep your word and no one wants to work with you. And it's the same concept as getting a loan with the bank. You are agreeing to a 30-year mortgage to buy your house with the bank. If you do not pay that, the bank will foreclose and take your home, and then you are going to have bad credit. Then no other lenders, no other banks are going to want to work with you. Same thing in business and organized crime. Okay, I think we're on eight. I guess I think the last one, was, I'm losing count now. Anyway, number eight is lead by example. If you're in crime and you are the leader and you talk about murdering and you talk about stealing and you talk about doing what you want your men to do, you need to prove that you are hard. They need to see you disciplined members. They need to see you commit acts that you expect them to commit. Same thing in business and leadership and being a manager and a CEO. If you talk about having a positive attitude through rough days, you need to come up to work every single day having the best, brightest, sunshiniest, rainbow attitude of all time. You need to lead by example. People have a pretty good BS meter. If you're saying, hey, have a great attitude, tell the customers thank you and you know, come back soon. If you don't do stuff like that, if you don't have a smile on your face, they're not going to believe you and they're not going to feel inspired. If you encourage your employees to stay late and show up early, you need to show up twice as early and stay twice as late and grind three times as hard. And the last lesson from organized crime is number nine, out of control greed. Around 1985, Miguel Felix Gallardo decided to partner with the Medellin and Cali cartel to help export his products to Tijuana. He just wanted to expand his business. Well, he ended up uh, kind of getting a target on his head with the DEA and ended up killing a DEA agent by the name of Kiki Camarena. And he killed him because he was hot on his trail. And he was hot on his trail because he was on the radar. He got greedy and wanted to expand too fast, too quick. Felix was worth over $500 million. Okay. $1.2 billion in 2021's dollars in state. So he was worth 2.1 or $1.2 billion at the time of his incarceration. So uh, he gave up a very good thing because he wanted more. It's a prime example of do not expand when you're not ready. You do not want to bite off more than you can chew. You do not want to take on more than you can handle. You don't want to be a one-man army like we talked about before. You don't want to not hire employees, not get partners. You don't want to treat them badly. You don't want to pay them because then they're going to leave. And then if you are expanding, but you have no way to fulfill the orders, your brand is going to go down. You're not going to be keeping your word and you're going to go under. You don't want to sell a bad product just because it helps your margins. Focus on creating a good product and customer service and figuring that stuff out later. There's always room for more money. You don't need to stiff it to the customer, your partners, or your employees. Don't focus on that. Don't cut, focus on cutting costs in cheap ways. You can always cut costs in effective ways but uh, you need to focus on making more money. And although I'm saying don't, you know, cut corners, don't go too crazy. I mean, it's not a bad thing to try to increase your margins. You know, cutting appropriate costs and trimming appropriate fat is very important and vital to business. I do the same thing, but I don't get greedy. I don't stiff my partners. I don't stiff the people I work with, My anybody I pay. I don't have employees, but I pay people. I don't stiff my partners. And a perfect example of, from what I did, cutting costs in an effective way, is um, I'm diversifying from only print on demand for my clothing brand into I have a whole giant floor to ceiling shelf of merch right here. This is what I saw on my YouTube channel. This is part of my clothing brand. And this is obviously not print on demand. It's in here. I've diversified and um, I ended up 
instead of ordering from the United States one order at a time for about, you know, $10 a t-shirt selling them for 35, I ended up buying a bunch of t-shirts, Hawaiian shirts, sunglasses, beanies, all sorts of things that I keep in stock for about $3 a piece selling for 35. So obviously I'm making way more per sale. This product is just as good. And if not, the Hawaiian shirts are even better that I sell link in the description if you're interested. And, um, yeah, so I'm giving them a better product faster shipping times because it's not print on demand. I'm actually going to the post office and shipping these products so they get a cooler, new, unique product that they couldn't get before, same quality or not, maybe even better. Then they're getting faster shipping times and I'm making a lot more money. That is a perfect example of rewarding your customer, at least them not even noticing while you still put more money in your pocket. Anyway, guys, those are the nine lessons that I found from organized crime. Like I said, if you like this narco type content, click the link in the description, check out my dad's channel. And uh, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you got some value out of today's video. Feel inspired or whatever. If you did hit that like button, subscribe, and maybe even comment down below another video you'd like to see from me. Anyway, guys, I will see you next time. got his nine. I've got my nine. Well, squad out.